1: the team really 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 matters especially early on when everybody's just grinding 12 hours a day you need to know that people are putting in as just as much as you are i'm alex bloomberg host of the podcast startup and you're listening to we are la tech and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities. You can follow me online at josephhoguin.com. That's Joseph Hogeen. H-O-L-G-U-I-N dot com.
0: to the We Are LA Tech podcast. So excited to be here. And today we are shooting out of Bioscience LA. I want to give a huge thank you to Dave and the team from Bioscience LA to making this possible, building this incredible podcast studio. I'm so excited. It made it so easy for me for all the gear to already be ready for me. Right when I walked in the door, I walked in with my normal podcasting backpack and I didn't need anything because Bioscience LA just had everything ready. The camera, the mics, the headphones, the recorder. I'm very, very grateful, and let's get into it. Welcome, David. Hello, hello,
1: hello. How are you?
0: I'm good. Okay, where in LA are you based?
1: I grew up in Westwood, right next to UCLA. Same. Grew up um, in Westwood. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, my dad's a professor at UCLA, so we stayed oh, nice. there for my whole life. I moved to Boston right out after uh, for college. Hated it. Came yeah. Came right back to LA, and have basically just been in different parts of the West Side ever since.
0: And We met at a dinner with Brex. Um, How did you discover Brex?
1: Shout out Brex. Thank you. They have been uh, super helpful in my entire journey. Um, How did I initially meet them? I don't even know. It's uh, months ago at this point. If you have a chance to work with any of the XIRs, uh, Jonathan, Janine, I would happily recommend you to anybody. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about it, go for it.
0: And you mean XIR is an entrepreneur in residence?
1: I think they're X in residence, yeah. But I, I don't, in yeah, I don't exactly yeah. know what their title. Is.
0: <laughs> if you, yes, if you could connect with the team at Brex, they are absolutely amazing, hundred yeah. percent. You should go to one of the Brex dinners. It's such a great community experience. Totally. So tell us about your company.
1: Yeah, excited to so. Orca is basically trying to get you to ditch your 12-month lease and live flexibly wherever you want to live. So we think that in a remote work world, the 12-month lease doesn't make sense. It's really rigid, long-term, you get iffy landlords, you never know what you're signing up for, really. We want to transform that experience for remote workers who have a location in independence for the first time in history. Uh, now, if you don't need to be in the office every day, you can be anywhere and make that your office. So, we want to ha- make it really easy for you to move from LA to San Francisco to Mexico to Paris to Tokyo yeah. and then back. We think that should be a pretty normal year, one day. So, we're getting there.
0: And what inspired your interest in in digital nomading?
1: Man, it's been quite the journey, I tell you. Initially, didn't really have any interest, to be quite honest with you. Um, I was uh, leading growth for a cool startup, uh, ended up leaving them about a year ago now, and just needed a change of environment. So I was uh, consulting, just kind of on the side with myself, and decided to go to a tiny beach in Mexico. I was like, I just need to change how everything feels around me. So I packed up all my stuff and went for three weeks. And during that three-week period, I kind of fell in love. I was working part-time remotely. Uh, I actually had two friends that also joined me that were also working full-time remotely. Uh, So we were all just in this little beach in Mexico for a couple weeks, and it was honestly a lot of fun. Uh, I was just there thinking about what I wanted to build exactly, what space I wanted to build in. And the theme that kept coming back to me was about culture. I'm obsessed with culture. Same. I think that uh, LA culture is amazing. I think that we're the pinnacle of culture, if you don't mind me saying. But I love experiencing other cultures. I love experiencing uh, cultures that I'm not familiar with, that teach me something. I love introducing my culture to people. I've, I have an Indian background, so like a lot of people don't know about Indian culture. So I try to like educate people on it. I love introducing new cultures to new people. At first, the idea was like, okay, my friend that came with me told me that it was his first time ever leaving the country, ever. And I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. You just need a little bit of confidence. So the idea at first was like, okay, how do I get – as many people to Mexico as possible. Yeah, and that went well, but it kind of evolved from there because everybody was like, "Oh, I'd love to come to Mexico, but I've got this twelve month lease already." Right. I was like, "Oh, like why do you have a twelve month lease then? Like you should come down to Mexico." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we tried to replace their lease in LA. That worked, and now we're trying to bring them anywhere in our network. So we're already live in a bunch of cool destinations, and we're launching more every month. What's your
0: What's your dream for your company?
1: I, I tell people pretty often, actually, that we're on a on a hundred year journey. This is not uh, something that will happen overnight for us. We think that long term, we want to really make a dent in the rental experience. Right yeah. now, if you try, to, if you're a renter, I don't have to convince you that it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a terrible experience from A to Z. Yeah. Um. So we're trying to like make a serious dent in that in the longer term. Uh, I also think that. If you're experiencing more cultures, let me me speak for myself. Um, I have traveled the world, Yeah, I'm very fortunate to. I've experienced a lot of cultures. And I am 100% certain that I am a better human being because of it. 100% certain. Um, So if I can extend that to more people and help more people experience other cultures and kind of make a dent in making diversity valued and not just kind of the status quo, right? right? We don't want diverse people and diverse thoughts just because they think different. There's actually a lot of added value there. And so I want to kind of bring that to light as well.
0: Yeah. Is this the first time you've built a company?
1: No. So I have a long history of doing ridiculous things. Um, I accidentally started my first company at 15 and it, it was a clothing brand. It just kind of Accidentally ended up going relatively well. I wouldn't even say it went super well, but it went relatively well. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I created a tech company at 18 and just fell in love with technology and building technology and everything that came along with it. Um, I went to college. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What tech company <laughs> did you build yeah, at 18? So it was a social live streaming platform back when Periscope launched and Meerkat launched. Yeah. Um, I built R.I.P. Yeah, I know for real <laughs> on both fronts. <laughs> <laughs> I had built a competitor called Zapstream, yeah. and the idea was that instead of just watching the live stream, you could yeah. actually take a gif of it yeah. and add special effects to that gif, and then like yeah. you could become a content content creator without going live. Right, like the idea we could create content of other people. Right, that went really well. We launched. Right as Vine was shutting down, with a bunch of Vine stars, so yeah. we had like we launched with Jake Paul and a bunch of the Team Ten people, yeah. and ended up having like thirty some odd influencers because of this uh, content cre- campaign that I had created. Um, so we worked with a bunch of influencers, got like a hundred thousand users. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, we raised a million bucks, but just couldn't couldn't raise a Series A. I think it was just the wrong team. Actually, mm. like a lot of really good lessons for me. But, um, just didn't work out. How so. did
0: you raise initially a million dollars is no joke, especially back then, now a million dollars is the new seed round, which right. is crazy to me. but when you initially raised um, that a seed round was typically around two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars, so raising a million it was is pretty cool, yeah, I mean, it's still pretty cool now. it's just at <laughs> a different stage. so how did you raise yeah. um?
1: Back then, credit to our CEO at the time, his name was AK, uh, the, one of two other co-founders alongside me. He had a lot of connections. He had a lot of people that really believed in him. And so he was able to raise just from angels that knew him. We then went out to raise the Series A, had a ton of meeting with VCs. And mind you, I'm 18 years old, never been in VC meetings yeah. before. So they're all looking at me like, who's the kid? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Turned out that the kid, so called, is exactly what a social platform needed. Yeah. Because uh, I was then like leading the product, leading of the course. marketing, and like doing all that stuff. Of course. Like I said, not exactly the right team, great people, great experiences, great uh, trajectory to put me on. Yeah. Didn't exactly work out. Right. As they don't, you know. <laughs> um, so after that, kind of, we couldn't raise money, kind of just fell apart slowly and painfully. Um, I went to college, I went to Babson, which is uh, specializing in entrepreneurship. It was fine. Uh, I didn't love it all that much and then immediately came back to LA just because Boston is not the place for me. Yeah. So I was just uh, consulting here for a bit. I Basically helped a bunch of startup, early stage startup founders with their early stage growth. Yeah. So I'd come in and think of a ton of ideas, experiment all of them, and then tell them what worked and what didn't. Yeah. So I got a knack for like coming in early, seeing what would work throwing everything at the wall and seeing what's ticked. I also got a good understanding of what a good CEO looks like mm. and what a bad CEO looks like and like what can really help a company and what can really kill a company. Yeah. And so I got a broad range of exposure. Wait,
0: what is that? What can kill a company? Oh God. What's a good one? What's a bad one? Because so I think, <laughs> too, that that's the, one of the greatest um, benefits of you know, uh, doing the thing and then it not working out is yeah. learning the lessons. Totally. So, what what did you learn?
1: Yeah. So, from that first experience, I told you about the team really does matter so much. Yeah. And beyond product market fit, there needs to be team product market fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be overlap between why we are the right people to be doing this as well. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely some uh, I don't want to say exceptions, but some that like bend that rule a little bit. Yeah, I don't think that anybody would have placed Brian Chesky of Airbnb as like the top CEO, but like I really do believe he's a great leader and a great CEO and there's certain characteristics about him that have made him so. Yeah. Um, but uh, the team really, really, really matters, especially early on when everybody's just grinding 12 hours a day. Like yeah. you need to know that people are putting in as just as much as you are.
0: That's tough, because really most tough. most times, if you're not the founder, you're not putting in as much yeah. as the
1: founder is. Totally. Um, so I was employee number two for the last company I joined, and by the time I left, it was 25 people. Um, I think what I learned from that experience is uh, people that look like the right people don't always act like the right Wait, people. Wait, you
0: were employee... What do you mean you were
1: employee number? Oh, so two? I ended up joining this company called Duffel. Okay, um, you yeah, skip forward. Skip that a little bit. <laughs> no, let's
0: not. Okay, let's not do Duffel yet okay. because we haven't gotten there yet. We're still on your company, eighteen. Yeah. You have a co-founder that's really well-networked. You raise a million dollars. That doesn't work out, but you learn the lessons. <laughs> and lessons, so the yeah. main lesson you learned is
1: teams are important. Team. Team is really important. And
0: what should you look for in a team?
1: I think that each early team member has to have a reason for working on that product, and it can't be just like, "Oh, I'm here for the check," or yeah. like, "I want to build something great." Like, yeah. it needs to be that product specifically. Why are yeah. you doing that thing? Yeah. Um, and that if if they're not completely as bought in as you yeah. are, it's going to really impact the company once that starts compounding a bit. Yeah, the team, you know, it could be make or break, even though people don't really think about it like that. Yeah, um, definitely can be.
0: And then, okay, then you move on to this startup called Duffel.
1: Yeah, so I was consulting for a long time, and then I ended up being hired by a company called Duffel. And
0: are you still in college at this point?
1: No, I graduated um, in 2019, uh, and then in late 2020 or early 2021, I found Duffel.
0: And what degree did you get in college? Uh,
1: so at Babson, everybody gets the same degree. Mm. It's uh, a business administration-focused degree, and um, and then you get to pick your specific focus within that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually didn't pick a pick a focus, so I could take like some law classes and yeah. some finance classes and a bunch of different classes instead of just focusing. Um, because if I had focused, it would have been marketing, but I didn't love the marketing people there. Yeah. So <laughs> I was just like, let me do some other stuff just to get exposure to that. So um,
0: did you f- do you feel that going to college has helped you? In your life?
1: It's a really good question.
0: Because um, I know it's such a scandal these days. Yeah. <laughs> the people that go to college are the suckers or whatever. Yeah. Like, I went to college too. I graduated. I think my college experience was really helpful. Yeah. I don't know if my degree specifically necessarily has propelled me. I believe studying, like, uh, uh, my college history is deep. I'm not going to get into now. But the what I studied has helped. Mm-hmm. Did the degree itself help me? I mean, on a piece of paper, I suppose, but not really. Like, yeah. I don't think so.
1: Yeah. I've had this debate with my dad actually a lot. Um So my dad's a professor. His dad was oh, a professor. Shit. They you both had PhDs. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I was, uh, I was taught like at six years old, like, oh, you're going to go to Stanford, right? <laughs> that
0: was yeah.
1: Best, right? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know is the answer. There's definitely value in education for a lot of people. Yeah, is it for everybody? Yeah, I don't know. Is it as expensive as it should be today, or as it is today? I I really don't know about that. Yeah, one. I I would tend to say no. Yeah, uh, but uh, I think that community colleges are great. They're really starting to expand also. And having some sort of path in yeah. life is really helpful. So yeah. I think that's what college is really good at is like if you really don't know what you want to do, yeah. go yeah, and fi- try everything. Yeah. And I guarantee you'll find something that you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I-, I might want to try some more of yeah. this. Um, but if you already know exactly what you want to do. Yeah then the best people in the world at that thing are going to be better teachers than whatever college professors you find.
0: I think it's about hacking your life in a creative way so that you get all the experiences, meaning I've backpacked extensively. Um, I've been to over 100 countries now interviewing women in tech. And one of the things that I discovered probably through backpacking is Mm co-living. And now they have these great creative residences yeah. i.e. what you're uh, yours isn't a creative residence it's not coloring, but yeah. but but you cater also to that nomadic life of mm-hmm. expo- exploration and so the things that i got out of my college experience are like social like social interactions um different adventures uh you know in, in addition to the education i think that as long as you're creating that social experience for yourself to grow and be uncomfortable and learn how to communicate and you're creating the educational experiences for yourself like just create the things you know right. and so um i don't think we should go through life without developing our social skills and our education and my mentor is 23 and he's extremely wealthy and he was very poor growing up. He started working at fourteen, wow. and he the one of the initial ways he started was by reading a, a business book a day, a week. Wow. So every week he read a business book, and he's self taught. Now he's extraordinarily wealthy yeah. with no help at all from yeah. anyone, no network, no. I mean, he still doesn't network. Yeah. It's just beyond. It's like so inspiring. Yeah. So, I think for
1: the, the learning itself can be done elsewhere now yeah. in today's age, right? That, yeah. I don't think that was possible even 20, 30 years ago to the same extent. Yeah. But now we're in a place where you can go learn anything, anywhere, at any time, yeah. on demand, right? Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I think still benefits the tier one, maybe even the tier two schools is the network, Right. Yeah, it's all about networking. It really is. Yeah, it really so if you is. You went to Harvard, and you say, "I went to Harvard." Immediately, that yeah. unlocks doors for you. Hundred percent. I think that's that's the part that might be worth the money. Yeah. At the end of the day, actually. Yeah. Because that's such an acceleration to any career yeah. that uh, you can't pay for elsewhere. Yeah. So, um, is the learning doable elsewhere? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Is the network gainable elsewhere? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. That's a tough one.
0: That is tough. But, I mean, this is why things like, I mean, we even have the We Early Tech Experience Club. You have a network yeah. in there. Soho House, Noya yeah. House, Um, like Outsight is one of the co-living communities.
1: Yeah. These are all relatively we- new ideas. They right? are. That's Education's what I'm saying. We
0: didn't even in 2018, right. I mean, a house existed then. But like right, right. right. it was less accessible totally. than it is now. yeah y-
1: university's been around for thousands of years yeah. at this point. I think we just have to have the time to catch up.
0: <laughs> 100%. 100%. And the thing that's so unfortunate is I don't think universities are such a bad thing if they didn't put people in such severe financial debt. Totally, the problem totally. with universities isn't the education. It's not it's the the cost and yeah. how unreasonable it is right. and today
1: yeah because yeah, i think even my dad's day that wasn't the case yeah he went to college for like a hilariously low amount I'm yeah like, how did you do that and <laughs> i
0: moved to arizona just to get in-state tuition
1: mm. so
0: like i think even in-state tuition these days i don't know what it is but i i hear that all of it is unreasonable yeah
1: i wouldn't be surprised to yeah
0: be <laughs> so anyway that's that i i think it's important not to miss out anyway I don't even know how we got off, but it is something that comes. (laughs) It it is something that comes up a lot in our industry. Is like college is. The bad, totally. Thing. I think
1: <laughs> some people will be on both sides of the extreme, where some people are like, "Oh no, it's the best thing you can do," and some yeah. people are like, "Oh, it's the worst thing you can do. It's a waste Apply of time." Apply a wide
0: combinator right, and right. just like <laughs> teal fellowship yeah. style,
1: right? Yeah. Um. I think that those are both extremes, and yeah, they're both right for some people. Yeah. Right? For some people, it really is the best, and some people, it really is the yeah. worst. But I think the vast majority of people fall in the middle somewhere, where like. It could be worth it. It's just really expensive now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you graduate.
1: (laughs) You graduate, and then
0: you end up at, uh, say it again. I went
1: to Babson, uh, and then I went to Duffel after. Duffel, Duffel.
0: Okay, you went to the startup Duffel, and what happened there? What was your role?
1: Yeah, Duffel was cool. Um, I was, like I said, the second hire, um, and I was leading growth. We did some really cool things. I the team was six people when I got there, and by the time I left, it was 25 people in less That's than a year. That's crazy. That's yeah. so cool. It was nuts. Yeah. Um, I think that might have been sped up a little bit too fast, if yeah. I'm being honest. Yeah. But uh, one of the main lessons I learned from there also was that though some hires might look like the right hires – yeah. They very well have the ability not to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: if you don't get rid of them really, really fast, it will create toxicity within the rest of the company. What is it?
0: Hire slow, fire fast. Right, exactly.
1: And I think that's a really, really hard thing to do. Yeah. Hiring slow is really difficult Mm because you feel a pain when you're hiring and you're like, I need somebody here to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And firing fast is also extremely painful because you're like, I just want to give them a chance. Yeah. Maybe they can do it. 100%. And so both sides of that are really, really difficult. Yeah. Um. I think the what separates something from a great CEO from a good CEO yeah. is the ability to see that and immediately cut ties. Yeah. And I've seen some people do that. And when I do it, I'm like, oh, that looks pretty harsh. Like, yeah. wow, I can't believe they just kind of cold like that. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, that was a business decision that was totally the right one. Yeah, right. And yeah. 99% of the time they're Totally right about that.
0: Honestly, most companies probably have too much fat in general. Like,
1: it's hilarious. Like some of these big corporate companies. I'm like, what do you do all
0: day? (laughs) I mean, the reason I'm not going to get into too politically charged. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah, no. But like, a lot. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of things are inefficient.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's yet another thing I really admire about my mentor is he prioritized creating systems. And that's one Mm. of the key features of what made him successful is he became a master of systems and operations.
1: Wow. Yeah, I think that's super powerful. Once you start compounding systems for your own benefit, you'll see that things start to grow way quicker than you could even imagine. And I think that's one part of startups I would also pass down to other people starting a startup is – Uh, do things that compound. Yeah. And that's a really hard thing to do also. But if you're taking something and learning from it and then iterating on top of that, that's a version of compounding. Yeah. Uh, If you have some connections in some place and you know that you need kind of one layer above that and you start to kind of make your way through those connections, that's compounding also. So like there's different ways to do that. It's really valuable.
0: Let's go back to Duffel. Okay. So you were number two. Yeah. And tell me your role again.
1: Uh, it's a great question. I never really had a title officially. Kind of it like was, your college. I was you leading, never picked a focus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was the one leading growth, um, but I was moving between the marketing and the product orgs. So yeah. I was on both sides.
0: And first of all, what did you learn about the company going from two to 25? And do you think it was a oh, reasonable two to 25 or do you think it was a, a hype oriented two to 25?
1: Great question. So the thing I learned from going to two twenty five is that if you make one bad senior hire,
0: mm. they will hire
1: ten other people that will be just as bad,
0: and get inflated office space. And
1: uh, <laughs> there's so many downstream consequences I can't even begin. Mm-hmm. So we got giant office space. We hired a bunch of people that were just all the wrong people, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Some of them were really good some of them just weren't a good fit some all really smart really well educated really well respected people yeah. just like you know not the right fit you know? And yeah, that yeah, really yeah. does take a specific type yeah um so yeah man that was really really brutal to watch kind of like a, a slow fall of everything um the while I was there for that year the best month we ever had yeah. was a month where we were six of us. Yeah. So like that should say something of yeah. like how fat it can get so wow. quickly. You know what I mean?
0: What was it at the six mark that made it run really well?
1: I think we were just really quick at doing everything. Mm. We were really operationally efficient. Mm. We had so little to discuss that we could mm. just move really quickly. I was just throwing everything at the wall to see what stuck uh, like mm. I did in my consulting for early 30 startups. So we're just moving fast, and I think that's like every startup experiences that at some point of moving really quickly with yeah. five people to then having meetings and having yeah. leadership and boards and all that stuff and talking
0: about ideas a lot,
1: right? And and exactly the the ideas get talked about. Oh, that's a really good idea. Put it up on the board. And maybe in three months we'll revisit. It. Yeah,
0: hundred <laughs> like percent. It goes like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
1: every every startup experiences it, but uh, man, it it very quickly uh, shows you how much is not possible when you add more people. Yeah, Like the the negatives of adding more people, right? Um, Another thing I learned from adding all those people was we were hiring people with an idea of a job in mind, Mm. not having – a need for that job to be done immediately. Does mm. so that make sense? So we're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. if we increase from this many stores to this many stores, then we're going to need to somebody to scale those operations and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And then we'd bring somebody in to hypothetically do that for the future. Right. Instead of, which would have been the, the better strategy – go do it, push ourselves to the absolute max, and then come in and say, hey, we've already been doing all this. Yeah, Here's exactly what you need to do. Go yeah. do the job. And we know what good will look like and we know what bad yeah. will look like. And because we didn't have all of that uh, up front, we hired and let people stick around in their jobs. And eventually the team went from six when I got there to 25 yeah. back down to like nine.
0: Wow.
1: So it's been all over it's the fascinating.
0: place. fascinating. And why did you decide to leave?
1: So I started butting heads with, with some of the leadership um a little bit more than I would have liked. Yeah, um,
0: the new leadership or the founders?
1: Okay, so <laughs> it's kind of a complicated story. I don't know how much I want to get into it. But don't get
0: into it too much. Yeah, yeah.
1: So long story short of yeah. it all, is that there were there were a bunch of founders. Yeah. Uh one of the founders decided that he was gonna stay and the rest of the founders decided that they were gonna leave. Yeah. So it just came down to this one founder. Yeah. He's a first time founder, a young guy, yeah. really smart, really sharp guy. Yeah. Never done this before. Never seen the same mistakes that I've seen before. Yeah. So, I, I I remember going to him after the fourth hire. Yeah. It's two more hires after yeah, me. Yeah. And I was like, "Man, listen, like I like him a lot, but he's yeah. not the right person for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like I just don't think it's gonna be a good fit yeah. long term. He's like, oh no, he's trying to convince me into yeah, it, like, yeah. oh, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Harvard, this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. Harvard, yeah, we'll see. Sneaky <laughs>
0: Harvard. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh
1: three months later, lo and behold, I'm definitely the right one. But like That started happening more and more and more. And it got to a point where I was like, I just can't work with these people. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, businesses are
0: so um, intricate and complicated. I find it fascinating when I started building. building a startup wasn't a thing. It wasn't cool. It, you know, yeah. it was a different time. And now with all these resources out there, there's these supposed, um, what do you call it? Linear tracks, uh, like alleged linear right. tracks that right. like you could just like do this, this and this, and then you'll have a successful startup. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, like, can everyone just like try and then see, yeah. because it's they'll hard. see that you can't read a book yeah. and then just have like, produce X result, like you, so you sure. need to do an insane amount of experimentation and maybe all a hundred of those experiments are going to fail yeah. and that's building. Exactly, like, you exactly. know, like,
1: yeah, as long as you learn something yeah. from every single one of those experiments, I agree.
0: Totally. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, so let's talk about how you're applying all this to your company now. Yeah. Like
1: man. I feel like my whole life has been practiced for what I'm doing now. Yeah. It's in a really weird way. Totally. Uh, All of the learnings I've ever had are now being applied in a super small amount of time. Right. Like I'm just being able to do exactly what I know is the right thing. Yeah, I, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like super proud because I can feel in my bones that I'm doing this the right way. If nice. That makes sense. You it know does what I mean? make
0: sense. Founder um, to founder. I get it. Yeah, It's yeah. like the universe is just sending you the cheat code. <laughs> uh, yeah, a
1: little bit. It's like I, I've done so much of the hard work in the past that yeah. now it's easier because I know what to do yeah, and yeah, have yeah. those learnings. Um, man, I have, yeah, I've applied all of my learnings into this i have everything from choosing the team all the way down to what hiring looks like all the way down to like what to what decisions to make how to expand how yeah, to grow yeah. what what financial decisions to be looking yeah. for everything from just yeah. from a to z so it's been it's been fulfilling in a way
0: that's so cool okay where do we all go to do the thing
1: uh, you mean website wise yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so it's orcapass.com yeah you can check out all of our destinations if any of them look good to you you just click on one and uh, you can actually now request a reservation even though you're not a member and I will personally follow up with you and be like hey become a member please um so it's all res- oh, I should I should talk a little bit about orc actually yeah um so basically what we're doing is curating the top furnished monthly rentals everywhere you go So uh, if you're already doing this via Airbnb, for example, you'll have endless listings, scrolling through photos for hours on end. Been there. Uh, Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) It's a terrible process, but it's the only flexible option as of today. Yeah, yeah. Um through us, we are only working with the top 10% of property managers. So if we have a place listed, it's because it is the best place you can get for that price. Yeah. And we know that because we've toured all, all the units and done all the homework. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're physically touring every single unit. We're actually producing video now for every single unit that we that we list um, and making it really easy and reliable to go from place to place to place and know like, okay, the Wi-Fi is going to be good. It's going to mm, be in a safe location. It's yeah. going to be in a good neighborhood. It's going to be walkable to certain yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of those things that are optimized more for living and not so much like a vacation rental. Right. That's basically what we're trying to do. So we're also creating a marketplace similar to Airbnb, although it's not an open marketplace; it's a curated marketplace. Right. And the advantage that gives us is like now we can tell you with very high authority, like this is going to be a good place. Yeah. You're yeah, going to yeah. get your money's worth. Yeah. Uh, and then we work with those property managers to basically take over their marketing communications because it's all going through us now. Yeah. And because of that, they give me a discount, say like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So if your rent is supposed to be $2,000 a month, I'm going to get it for $1,800 yeah. a month. And then I'm going to pass that price down onto you. And I'm yeah. going to say, okay, now this is an exclusive price. You can only get through me. Yeah. So if you want to rent this place that we know is good, it's been vetted, yeah. here are the videos, yeah. here are the stays that yeah. have happened before. Now you can only get this price through me because yeah. we have that special relationship with the property manager. So um, yeah, we're offering these amazing top-tier places at exclusive prices and making it really easy to go from place to place.
0: And your business model is a membership model, right? That's
1: right, yeah. So instead of paying uh, reservation fees, like on Airbnb of 15%, 20% sometimes, you don't pay any fees. We actually pass down that price to you, and instead you buy the Orca Pass, which is kind of like a Disneyland annual pass, if you want to think about it like that. It gets you access to the door, and then you can go get whatever you want to do. So it's right now $300 a year for founding members, uh, which means if you're already living through Airbnb, in all likelihood, you're paying $300 every month or two. So to pay $300 for the year is like all of a sudden extreme savings for them. And the curation aspect for the person who's comparing us to the 12-month lease might be worth it in and of itself to know that where you're going to go is like a good place and furnished and Wi-Fi and all that. So um, yeah, we're... In the middle of both of these markets right now, we're definitely more on the – I hate the term digital nomad, but we're more on that that side right now, the in location-independent person. Location-independent.
0: Right. I was going to ask, how many – how big is the market of people who – I didn't know this ex- – I mean, I know there's deals for long-term stays, but yeah. I didn't know it was like a thing that a lot of people are long-term staying often. Yeah. Is that a, now it's, a thing?
1: It's starting to be a thing. Okay. So uh, and in the last three or four years, the number of location-independent Americans has been skyrocketing like yeah. 44% per year. Holy shit. So this is going really, really quickly. Yeah. And for all those people, the 12-month lease just immediately is outdated. It doesn't right. make sense. Right. So – I, I tend to use location independent more than I use nomads because when I think people that's say better. Nomads, y-
0: y- it's like Nordstrom versus Target. I feel even from a brand kind of, positioning, yeah, yeah. it sounds better to say location independent yeah. because digital nomad means like ramen. Type, right.
1: It's a type in your head of like <laughs> yeah. backpackers and yeah. going everywhere. Right. And
0: by the way, I'm. The ramen it. backpacker, like staying in the twenty-person dorm. Yeah, I'm all about it. it. <laughs> it's a lot
1: of fun. I think what we're doing now is the evolution of that. Yeah. Basically, it's like okay, in the early aughts and 2010s, you had all these digital nomad types that were kind of like on the fringe. Actually, yeah. they were like, I'm gonna go live everywhere and not be a citizen of anywhere, and yeah. like that was kind yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the goal of it, right? Yeah. Uh, now we're in a place where people are seeing the the benefits of the travel itself yeah, and yeah, yeah. the location flexibility yeah, and being able like to go to I like that too, location Mexico, flexibility. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like let's go to a beach in Mexico or let's go to France for a month yeah. or wherever it might be. Yeah. That's all of a sudden a new benefit that people are gaining from the nomad yeah. population. So. It's it's an evolution. We're slowly getting into it. That's why I say we're still on the nomad side now. We're like yeah. the market is still evolving from yeah. these nomads. Uh, eventually, kind of down the road, yeah. we'll be able to actually replace rentals for everybody. Yeah. But like That's why I say we're on a, on a 100-year long-term. mission.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm already thinking about using Orca when I go to South by Southwest yeah, and just getting a place in Austin for or a month Austin. through Orca because it's so – Expensive.
1: It is. It's crazy. It's like 2K for a weekend. Yeah.
0: It's like, what? <laughs> so if I'm just like locked away for a month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exact, so That's, that's exactly, exactly what I did this year is I was in Austin for March living there for six weeks because I was like, I don't want to pay South by, West, South by Southwest fees. Yeah. So I'm just going to live here for those six weeks, pay a normal month of rent. Yeah. And all of a sudden I had this entire new city up to me. Yeah. So let me put this little idea in your head actually, see how you yeah. like it. Okay. Go One day it. we'll yeah. get to a point where Esprit or anybody else can live on the tech conferences track and go from Austin to L.A. to Miami or wherever yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. Or you can live in the warm weather track or you can live in the scuba diving track. If you, really I like. love that. You can kind of base it around your own interests. But
0: how does it – like let's take the tech conference track. Like yeah. how does that work in your head? Like let's say there's – Okay, LA Tech Week, um, right. New York Tech Week, Miami Tech Week. Let's say we're chasing Tech Weeks. Yeah. That's only a week. So how does that?
1: Yeah, so if like for the month of June, if it's in LA, for example, then we'll put you in LA for the month of June. Mm-hmm. So you get to experience that whole place, experience what it's I see. like. I Like with, I just without- said about South By. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, same thing for New York. I know there's a conference there right now yeah. or, or Miami. Yeah, there's yeah,
0: Miami yeah. Tech I think week. that's so cool.
1: Yes, yeah, so basically be able to uh, put you in different places where you want to be based on your interests. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. another level on top of the totally. flexibility that we already have.
0: I love it. And where are your current locations?
1: Yeah. So we're currently live in two cities in Mexico, those being Tulum and Playa del Carmen.
0: I still have to go to Tulum.
1: Okay. Let me tell you about Tulum real fast. This is.
0: I feel like I've missed it already.
1: <laughs> it's like past missed, the mark. Um, you've missed the hotel zone. But it's okay. Don't go to the hotel zone anyway. I wouldn't I wouldn't stay at hotels anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, That's where the Selena is actually. That's where all the. Oh, Selena. It's in the hotel zone. So, like. Oh,
0: interesting. I've heard of it. It's another. Selena is like an outside competitor. It is a
1: little bit. Yeah. They're more. I've never stayed at one. Hotel, hostel type place. Um, But yes, they are worldwide and also huge and have a co living product and all that. Um, Yeah. So the hotel zone is. Overplayed. That's when I say Tulum, and you think of, oh, my friend went to Tulum for a bachelor party. Yeah. That's the Tulum you're thinking of as the hotel zone. Yeah. I went, I lived in Tulum for two months last year and went there twice. And one of them was just to meet somebody else. Like that was literally Wait, it.
0: what do you mean you lived in Tulum for two months and went there twice? So
1: Tulum's pretty big. There's okay. like this small hotel zone that's like right next to the beach. Okay. And then there's an entire jungle and an entire city okay. right behind that. Okay. So I lived in the middle of the jungle, which yeah. was in between the city and the beach. Yeah. And it was an amazing time. Yeah. Um, which is also where our orca destination is listed. It's in the same jungle. Okay. I highly recommend it. Uh, but I only went to the hotel zone like oh, twice. Oh, you only went
0: to the hotel zone twice. Yeah, Got I it. only
1: went like I. It's a 15-minute bike ride and yeah. I went down like twice. You can go to the public beaches and all that. Beautiful area. Yeah. Um, but the hotel sounds like very private. You'd need an RV or a taxi yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the jungle area and the city itself of Tulum yeah. is just so nice and yeah. such a wonderful culture. And yeah. everybody's just so amazing and friendly yeah. and the food is great and everything is just great. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, highly recommend that. Another thing we do kind of on the side – To make it really easy to go from place to place is if you want to go to Tulum, for example, I'll say, okay, we've got this written guide that tells you exactly where to eat and what to visit and what to do and how to get there and all that stuff, even how to exchange money and how to speak these certain phrases in Spanish. So we've gotten this written guide that really helps. I actually just talked to a member who stayed in Playa Playa del Carmen, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I visited every place on the guide." I was like, "That's so cool!
0: That's awesome! That's so cool!" We
1: started geeking out about the food and stuff. I was like, "Oh, this is cool." So yeah, it's a really helpful way to explore a new place without having to do a bunch of homework about it, Yeah, Um, which also makes it really easy to be like, okay, I know nothing about France, but like, I really want to go to France. Yeah, And so let me go through Orca and they'll give me the guide and tell me exactly what to do and all that. So trying to make it easy to adapt to a new place because that's what we found is the hardest part of actually going to a new place for a month or two is like not interrupting your own schedule and your own totally. you know, habits, whatever they might be. If you, if you really need to go to the gym every day, we want to make sure you know where the gym is. You totally. Know I mean? Stuff like that. And
0: is Orca going to have a community?
1: Yes. So this is the most exciting part about what we're doing. Actually. Yeah. Once we have a mass of members in each place, uh, what we can do is create a member oriented community where you can go somewhere new and immediately have a community see that's what's so important yeah. yeah and so it's kind of the best part about co-living which is that community and having people already accessible yeah. and then the best part about the flexible lifestyle and the destination flexibility is you have all these new places with all these people that you kind of already know yeah and as soon as you match those two together it's it's a magical experience
0: oh and we we were talking locations and we got caught up in mexico oh, so yeah. what are what are so all sorry. the current locations yeah, and so the future locations
1: we're in two cities in mexico tulum and playa del carmen which are both on the east coast just south of cancun um, and then we've got la already launched san francisco already launched um and where Austin, in la all over um we've got Some in the Melrose Fairfax area, in the Los Feliz Silver Lake area, Westwood, uh, Hollywood, West Hollywood.
0: i mean this is we are la tech podcast so like everybody moving to la right now or everybody looking to move right now if they want to be location independent if they want to have a flexible lifestyle what kind of price range are they looking at if they go through orca and become an orca member
1: great question so one thing we've kind of narrowed down on is we had all these places that were like super luxury high-end places and we're like it's it's nice to have a five thousand dollar studio but like is that, is that really, like, necessary for the crowd that we're going for? Like, who's going to really be renting that? So now we're narrowing down. We're trying to focus on this 2000 to $2,500 range where mm-hmm. you can go anywhere for that price. Uh, and if you go in L.A., it might be really good and nice. But if you go in Mexico for that price, it's going to be luxury. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it's just depending on what you want, where you, where you get But with
0: it. Orca, essentially, you're looking between – 2k to 2500 that's in like general. our target right yeah. so
1: for example our places in mexico right now are like 1500 1700 right so it's like definitely less they're beautiful places four-star hotel rooftop pool all yeah the, all the good stuff yeah um but it's just cheaper it's mexico yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. i mean so being in la san francisco is way more expensive obviously right, right. um so being in la you'll get a a relatively small studio for like 2K. Yeah. And for $2,500, it will be like a bigger studio or a one-bedroom maybe. Um, but again, this is fully furnished. You never have to do any of that. You never have to move. You never have to figure out all the Wi-Fi and the utilities yeah. and all that. It's all included. And
0: if you want to go to San Francisco to like meet with investors, which yeah. a lot of us do yeah. for the month, um, what's that look like?
1: Yeah, San Francisco and New York City are the two places we've – uh, well New York we haven't launched officially yet but we're we're almost there it's just insanely expensive to live in either of these places yeah so in SF you're looking at starting at like 27 2800 uh for a month with or yeah that's okay. right um and then in New York it might be even a little more like it might be th- 3, 300 3500 to live in New York for a month it's just insane yeah um so we're trying to find okay if we wanted to go to SF for 2k 2.5k maybe we go to Fremont or Oakland yeah. or San Jose or like yeah. one of these kind of outlying outskirt yeah. areas uh, where you can get something a little bit more reasonable for that price yeah. range even um, something
0: in Silicon Valley
1: yeah yeah Palo Alto area whatever it might be so we're, we're looking into those options now uh like I said they're the city itself is already launched but we're adding new listings like It every, just would every be month. so
0: great people going to San Francisco from LA to meet with investors to yeah. kind of have that brain share totally. of like okay what investors are you meeting with? How are meetings yeah. going? What coffee houses are yeah. you getting? Or what event should I be? Just because if you're already living in SF you know where you want to go and what you want to do but if you're traveling there for this reason which is seems to have uh, been successful but you're like where do I start? Like, right. I keep hearing you have to create all the meetings before you get there. And then if you don't have the network to even know who to be creating. How you m- can do yeah. that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. So I struggled with the same thing, actually. I went to San Francisco for a month and because I was there for a month, I was able to like gradually have all the yeah, meetings of course. and build the network and go to the of dinners course. and all that. yeah. I don't think if I was there for less than that, it would have worked. Yeah. I, I just, I don't have the same type don't know where of to go. powerful network that some of these other I even saw
0: have. one of my, the companies I advise. He's extremely connected. And when he was in San Francisco, he's like, I randomly have a few hours, like, and he tweeted. He used Twitter to figure out yeah. who to meet with.
1: Yeah. Twitter works. Twitter is a great resource. But I'm saying
0: it'd be great if he didn't have to rely on Twitter. Totally yeah. agree. Totally yeah. agree. I think yeah.
1: that. Eventually, like I said, we'll get to a place where going from LA to SF multiple times a year for a couple months at a time will be a totally normal thing.
0: So who's building Orca Pass? Is it just you? Are you a solo founder right now? Do you have a team? Like how are you looking to raise? What's what Good are question. the what are what's the infrastructure yeah, like?
1: So uh, right now it's just me and my co-founder who have a really funny meeting story if you want to hear. Yeah, it. I do. Um, I was just doing some research one day back about a year ago about like what people would want or would buy or would pay for and i was in the digital nomad subreddit and i proposed a question to the community i was like does this digital nomad community need a replacement to airbnb one that focuses more on long term and out of nowhere it went viral it got like 125,000 views in that night it got 300 comments or more uh a bunch of people reached out to me, a couple people, three people reached out to me and, and offered to work for me for free, even though they didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, There was just so much passion around this idea of a marketplace for longer term living. And so uh, I knew that there was something there instantly. One person didn't reach out to me on on Reddit. He instead started stalking me and uh, found my personal website, which then linked him to my Calendly and then booked some time to talk to me the next day on Calendly. And we talked. uh, I was kind of nervous because I didn't know who he was or what he wanted or what he had to say. But turns out we just had great chemistry. Uh, He's a really cool guy. Um, He had been thinking about a lot of the same problems as I had we decided just to continue talking for a couple hours every day or every week. Um, so for for three months, we were talking for multiple hours every week. And then at the end of that three month period, we were like, okay, now that there's a product actually out there that people might want, right. maybe we should like start a company and like do this together and yeah. like, maybe make that happen. He's a super smart guy. He's Ex-Microsoft engineer and spent a bunch of years um, creating AR contact lenses, crazy stuff. Yeah. And so we decided to start working together. Man, when was that? That was in October. And the next day was the YC. Deadline for the application. So I was like, all right, we just agreed today, but like, we're going to fill out this application. Yeah, and just, see, what in, you see, just yeah. see you know, we got the interview, which was crazy. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing. We barely had a product. We had never pitched an investor before. And uh, they. it was the most difficult 10 minutes I think I've ever gone through in my life. <laughs> <laughs> just Michael Seibel on the other end, like, drilling you for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, but Really smart people, asked all the right questions, eventually led us to the pivot to bring us to where we are today.
0: That's so so cool. Yeah, a
1: bunch of things kind of added up completely spontaneously. What's
0: your core competency and then what's your co-founder's core competency?
1: Yeah, so I'm on the marketing growth side of things. I'm very hands-on for the marketing and the product and anything that touches the customer. Um, He is all technical, all design. So he... Uh, has a bunch of experience as a UX designer at Microsoft. He is a full stack engineer. Um, he has designed and built all of our everything so
0: and um, and yeah, what is the immediate goal that you're after? Are you about to raise or yeah. what are you looking to do in building the platform? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, my immediate goal, as I hope any entrepreneur would answer is to get more customers and make more people happy. Um, so if you are listening to this and you want to rent somewhere, definitely hit me up. Uh,
0: where, where should (laughs) they hit you up? Yeah.
1: I'm at they've ensued basically anywhere. It's D E -E V A N S O O D. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm not really on Instagram, but I'm there and uh, basically anywhere. Uh, and go to OrcaPass.
0: Is it OrcaPass.com? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: OrcaPass.com. dot um,
0: O-R-C-A-P-A-S-S. com. That's yeah. right.
1: And if you want to email me, DaveN at OrcaPass, D-E-V-A-N at OrcaPass. Uh, and we'll include it all in the show notes as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So just click the link in the show notes. It'd be much easier than trying to type my name out. <laughs> um, and yeah, I would love to hook you up. But yes, we haven't raised yet. We've completely bootstrapped. We've raised a little bit of family and friends cash just to help us launch more destinations. Um, but we're probably going to go end up raising at the end of this month. So end of May, beginning of June.
0: Wow. May the force be with you. Yeah. It's
1: exciting. It's exciting.
0: Okay. A couple LA questions. Favorite place to eat in LA.
1: Wow. Okay. I've heard you ask these questions on the pod before, and I'm yeah. a little bit terrified to answer, to be quite honest, because I took these recommendations as like, oh, people really know what they're talking about, or <laughs> people really have no idea what they're talking about. So, all right, my favorite place in LA that is an LA place through and through, I think, is Kogi. Uh, mm, Kogi yeah. barbecue truck is yeah. just ridiculously good. Yeah. I remember. Shout out
0: to Mike Brasad who did the initial marketing for, to get oh, really? make it I popular. Didn't know that actually.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Kogi is just absurdly good. Go get three short rib tacos and thank me later. Um, <laughs> uh, that's my that's my probably my go to in LA.
0: And your hike. Are you a hiker?
1: I, I used to be more of a hiker. Because
0: some guests are like, yo, I don't hike. I'm like, it's all <laughs> right. You don't have to hike to be on the podcast. <laughs> that's
1: hilarious. It's such an yeah. LA question no? <laughs> Um So there's this hike that not a lot of people know about. It leads down to an abandoned house called Murphy's Ranch. Have you yeah. Heard of this? It's in the Palisades. Yeah. Uh, if you park on one of those streets and then just go down this little path, after like an hour you get to this, don't quote me on this, I think it's an abandoned like Nazi house. I've uh, heard that too. Yeah. I, I don't really know what the deal is, but- Gorgeous hike, really cool house. Yeah. When I was younger, um, there was a bunch of graffiti artists that used to do art yeah. in the house and all that. So we did this giant mural for my clothing company down there, so and like cool. did a pho- photo shoot. It was really cool. So I think that's probably my number one. It's also one of those hikes that's not very L.A. Like yeah. in L.A., a lot of the hikes are on the side of a mountain and have a nice city view. That's a lot of them. This one is you're completely surrounded by nature. There's like a bunch of random things that you would have never guessed. And you eventually end up at this house in the middle of the woods, which is really cute. So, and if you cool.
0: were to land in L.A. tomorrow at L.A.X., for the startup community, how would you plug into the city? Where would you go? How
1: would you pick where to live?
0: Obviously, Orca Pass. You should just be living at an Orca Pass. You should be living at Orca. At an Orca, yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, How would I choose where to go? I think uh, Silicon Beach is very real. So like anywhere closer to Venice, Santa Monica, you will find a lot more of the tech minded folks yeah um, or big business-minded folks I, I guess as well um, that's a really tough one though I think I would start with the we are la tech community whoop, whoop. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's probably your best bet to start and I th- you know people are just really friendly in la so just yeah. like talk to people. I don't know, hit people up on LinkedIn Yeah, and filter everybody that you know in LA and start talking to them and like ask them for their connections because people want to help. People are just really nice. Totally. So yeah, just uh, people also really want to extend the community. You know what I mean? Especially the tech community that's been growing the last couple of years. Yeah, It's now in a place where everybody's like super about it yeah. and like wants it to grow. Yeah. And so now we're in a place where I think we're if you hit up somebody in the tech community, they'll probably answer. They'll yeah. probably get back to you and be like, oh, like meet these other people also.
0: And I feel like one of the best um, networking events is um, Shannon McCarty, who's actually a WeRLA Tech member, created a monthly mixer at oh, cool. a place called Michael's. I think it's called SoCal Tech Monthly. It's on Eventbrite. Okay. Um, you could totally reach out to WeRLA Tech anywhere to, and I'll yeah. send you the Shannon's links. And that's just a really low-key, chill Nice vibe thing yeah. to immerse
1: yourself into the community. Yeah, too. there's a bunch of those. Yeah. even like the Brex dinners, right? The those Brex, Brex are great. dinners, but
0: I feel you have to be invited. Yeah,
1: those are a little bit more rare. But, so yeah, um, <laughs> but if you can get into one of those, yeah, great. <laughs> agree,
0: hundred percent agree. So yeah, reach out to Brex. Be like, yo, yeah,
1: Tell plug Johnny me I in. You.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and uh and who is a person that you recommend an LA founder that you think is just really talented or even any LA tech talent who's really impressed you. It doesn't have to be a founder.
1: Wow. I have so many friends that are incredible. And um, in 2013, 14, 15, when I met a lot of these friends, LA tech was like not really a thing. Like maybe Snapchat, like Google had just opened, I Mm -hmm. think over here, like not really a thing. Um, Now all of those people are building amazing things. So I'm like really excited to see the entire backing of LA and even like the support of San Francisco or whatever, really pushing a lot of these LA tech people into a brighter spot. Yeah. That's been awesome to see if I had to pick one person doing something amazing. Okay. Shout out to Jacob Peters. Who's been stuck in my head recently. Um, he is one of the co-founders of launch house mm-hmm. and now he has a, a fund called house cap, but his whole value add is about personal founder health. And I think it's such a unique angle to help early stage founders with their personal health, because yeah. it's not, it's something I know I need to take seriously, especially yeah. for the longevity of my own company and, yeah, and yeah. me, right? hundred percent, but it's hard, especially yeah. as a founder, it's really difficult. Yeah. And, as you have more open doors to different medicines and you know money opens different doors and et cetera, I think the things that you can do to stay healthy are just, So different than what, like, the everyday person does. And he really zones in on the things that are super focused on making sure that you live a longer, healthier, happier life. Yeah. So really, really interesting. Uh, He's just been stuck in my head for a minute of, like, people that I would love to work with down the road. Cool. yeah, there's a couple other people that come to mind, but man, so many cool people. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Shout everybody out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech Podcast. My last question, it, which is a totally selfish question because <laughs> I'm in love with software. Um, aside from Orca Pass, of course, what is your favorite? It doesn't Ooh. have to be LA. What is your favorite software?
1: Oh, Esprit, I'm going to put your listeners on right now. I've I'm got, so I'll, excited. <laughs> I'm like drooling in suspense. I'm like one of those people that loves testing things out. Um, yes, me, to me. If you're <laughs> if you're not already using Arc Browser, Ooh, highly recommend. What is
0: Arc Browser? Yeah,
1: definitely get on that. Um, a- ARC. i A R C. I'll throw you an invite. Just DM me. It's a new Chromium-based browser that just thinks differently about organization. So instead of a nice. top bar of bunch of tabs, you yeah. have different spaces yes. with a bunch of tabs, like a it's, Mac. It's it's. If oh that's a good that's a good comparison. If Microsoft was Chrome, then yes, Arc Browser is Mm. the Mac. It's like the organized, pretty version of what everybody else has been doing. Highly recommend Arc Browser. Um, Cron Calendar just became
0: what? What's Cron Calendar? C
1: R O N E C R O N C R O N yeah, cron.com, I think. And they just got bought by Notion. So
0: What that says a lot.
1: Yeah. Okay. Say, in beta, they got yeah, bought by Notion. What? So should say a lot. Okay. Just also I'm a really so, good calendar. So drooling. Um, What's it do? So all the really good parts about like Cal.com plus Calendly plus Google Calendar, it just combines all of that into a native app. Yeah. And it's just so good. Nice. So good. I wanna check it out. Um Highly recommend that. Oh, cool, thank you. What else can I put Stay you on? Oh, my beeper. Needs. Are you on what beeper? is that? I'm just gonna oh let you keep talking. What's beeper? Beeper. Shout out to the beeper team. Uh, B e
0: e p e r. Yeah, I think okay. it's
1: beeper.com. In okay. fact, they have aggregated all of the different messaging platforms into one tool. So I receive iMessage, Instagram DM, Instagram DMs, LinkedIn DMs. Oh, my head Twitter, would probably explode. All in one place. That's crazy. Uh it's way easier to like manage. You think? Oh my god. See, I don't have to go into like 10 Your head apps. doesn't
0: spin into exorcism of digital <laughs> communication.
1: I I'm the type of person who won't even uh if it feels like a scam, I won't even open it or give it a restore 100% I can yeah can literally just click the archive button and it's like gone forever oh, i don't have God, to think can about all it. the
0: spammer's be archived? yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah, those are three good ones. If you awesome. if you end up trying those three, you want three more, let me know. I got okay, you. cool.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are La Tech yeah. podcast and for being so patient. It's you. been amazing. And thank you to Bioscience LA for this amazing space and having everything True. set up. This is just so incredible. Yes. To connect with We Are La Tech, be sure to go to on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, at We Are La Tech. Go to com slash community to connect with the community. We'll be kicking off the Experience Club again soon so if you're interested in that definitely reach out to we are la tech to get more details and i will see you all in the next episode bye
1: bye my name is and sued co-founder of orca we help you ditch your 12-month lease and live flexibly we're based out of westwood and you're listening to we are la tech